is the anthem of the adventurer. The show for men who are tired of forsaking their dreams, who are willing to risk, to dare greatly, and know in their soul that their desire for adventure is good. It's time to venture into the wild places in our hearts. Here's your host, Dan Saner. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Anthem of the Adventurer podcast. I'm your host, Dan Zayner, and today on the show, we have a really great treat for you, especially if you like Land Rovers. <laughs> but before we get into that, just a couple of uh, quick announcements about some resources that you might find helpful in your quest for an adventurous life. The first one comes from our friends over at the Adventure Challenge, and they have a whole set of books that are going to help you embrace casual adventure in your life. Those things that you can do on a regular basis with your friends, your family, your spouse. And the cool thing is you don't know what you're committing to until after you've committed to it. Yeah, it's a scratch off book and it's awesome. Uh, my wife and I love ours. We love doing it with our family. So if you want to get yours, go on over to the anthemoftheadventurer.com. There is a big blue box on the homepage for the Adventure Challenge. Click on that and use DAN10 in the promo code SPOT at checkout to get 10% off your first order. All right. If you're already in the deep end and want to go a little deeper on all of the adventures that you have in life, in business, with your family, what have you, go look at our friends at sealteamleaders.com. We offer a whole load of training for operating, sustaining, and building high-functioning teams all over everywhere in your life. And really what I found with working with them, the team over there, Larry Yatch and his wife, Annie, they're wonderful people, is building a life full of adventure takes intention. It takes planning and all of the above, above all that, it takes a team. So if you're ready to... Uh, Bring your team to the next level. Check out SealTeamLeaders.com. Okay, about today's guest. Oliver Smith works as the sales director for Twisted Automotive over in West Wales. And apparently they have the second most beautiful coastline in the world. I did not know that. But above that... For today, we're talking about Land Rovers. They do some amazing work with the Land Rover Defender. And... I came across them when I was looking for a way to convert my trusty old Discovery into an electric car and came across these guys. They're actually making an electric Land Rover Defender, <laughs> which sounds like an oxymoron, but it isn't. It's amazing. And there's a really great story and an amazing passion in uh, all of their work that they do. Craftsmanship, great engineering. So we talk a bit about that. And we go down some really fun rabbit holes around the camel trophy and it, things that light us up in, around the adventure of owning an old truck that isn't always reliable. <laughs> One of the things that we found in our conversation is that what makes a Land Rover a Land Rover is adversity. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes that's it doesn't start in the morning and you don't get to your haircut appointment on time, which may or may not have happened to me a couple days ago. <laughs> but other times it's, you know, getting stuck in out in 
feet of mud and muck and going through river crossings and jungles and all sorts of things. So really fun conversation with Oliver about the impact that these great vehicles have had on our lives and how they enable us to live lives full of adventure. And one quick note before we get into the interview here, he does have a little bit of audio quality issues because he's out in West Wales enjoying that beautiful coastline and uh, apparently they don't don't have fantastic bandwidth out there. But I think you're going to enjoy the interview nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Okay, so I'm going to give a short introduction. I'm going to pre-record a longer one later, uh, and then and then we'll get into it. Uh-huh. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Anthem of the Adventurer podcast. I'm your host, Dan Zayner, and today I'm really excited because I get to talk about one of my favorite things in life, Land Rovers, <laughs> with uh, a uh, new... Uh, soon-to-be friend of mine, Ollie Smith from Twisted Automotive. Ollie, welcome. Good to have you, brother. Thank you very much. Good to be here, Dan. Yeah, thanks for having me. And before we got recording today, I got to see a little bit of your your background. Uh, from where where are you calling from? It looks like someplace I would love to spend some time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm in uh, I'm in West Wales at the moment. So. <sighs> Yeah, it's Beautiful. Uh, almost not quite, but one of the most sort of westerly points in the United Kingdom. Um, and we're very lucky. I think National Geographic voted us the second best coastline in the world. Wow. Yeah, super pleased with that. But I still don't know who the first is. Huh. We'll have to research <laughs> that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We'll do some campaigning for the west of Wales and the best coastline. Um, <laughs> So before we get uh, too far down the rabbit hole of who who Ollie Smith is and what he's about, which we will in a minute, but I always like to start off, set the stage with a challenge for myself and the audience. So what have you got for us today? What would you challenge us to do in in the next week to incorporate some more adventure into our lives? Okay, so I've been kind of giving this some thought because it's it's something which has also been new to me as well. Um, and living in that we have. Uh, obviously, as I said, an abundance coastline. So therefore, one thing that I've taken to recently has been cold water swimming or open water swimming. And yeah, yeah. So, but just to caveat this super quick, relatively, okay, so I'm just going to say cold water for me is between 7 and 10 degrees, all right? So don't run out and smash a hole in some ice and jump in it. It's a super bad idea. And that is centigrade, not Fahrenheit, for our U.S. listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, but the biggest thing was, uh, super simple activity, okay, so we're used to swimming, but when it's cold, or when it feels sort of that cold, that first sort of 60 to 90 seconds, you go through a real sort of mental battle with yourself. And it hurts like hell. You know, your feet hurt, your ankles hurt, and your shins hurt. And then you can imagine what else from there up as you're sort of slowly wading in. But it's a rewarding process. And when you get out afterwards, your core temperature continues to cool for uh, twice the period you've been exposed for. So if you swim for 15 minutes, you're going to keep cooling for 30 minutes. Um, so you've got to start getting warm. You've got to wrap up. So it's the small things that really kind of make it. You know, hot drinks taste better. You know, it's nice to put a warm coat on, a warm hat on. Um, so, yeah, I would say something like that is really, really good. Don't worry if you're not near coastline or if you don't have a pond or a pool or anything like that, you can go and swim in. And this is going to sound slightly nuts, but 
fill the bathtub with cold water, okay? Uh, think that no one's looking and no one can see you because you're going to feel completely great. But take the time and go through that psychological battle of putting one foot in after the other. Go through the, 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 the pain of the cold water and eventually slip down into it. Stay in there for 10 minutes. Get out afterwards. You'll feel amazing. Health benefits are huge. Great booster for the immune system. Uh, really good for the libido. Um, yeah, so many more benefits. So that is the challenge, I would say. It sounds like a thing, but just going in cold water, just pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone is so rewarding. You get such a buzz off the back of it. I really love that challenge, and it, and it goes along with one of our previous guests, uh, Alistair Humphreys. So go back and listen to that one if you haven't already, folks. Um, but very much same thing: cold, quick dunking yourself in some cold water wherever you can find it is just a great casual adventure and easy, approachable. Anyone can do it, and. I bet you my kids and I are going to do that tonight. <laughs> At least my son will. He's he's actually a bit like we we started talking about like cold immersion training things. And he actually challenged me. He's like, hey, dad, can we like get ready to do some ice baths this winter? I'm like, OK. <laughs> and so we started. Yeah. So we started, you know, not not jumping into a, a cold bath off the start. Like, all right, let's start, start with our hands and our feet. And we just filled the sink with with cold water and put some ice in it and like hey let's see if we can stick our hands in there for three minutes and man that hurts <laughs> yeah it's it, it's it's amazing and, and really quickly you kind of uh you sort of um yeah you, you you do sort of start to learn things about yourself and you think, oh god you know what? i'm really kind of pushing through the barriers now pushing through the limits and as you said uh such a kind of um modest sort of exercise but yeah it's it's it, it does leave an impression yeah. Oh, I love that. So now that we've set the stage well with, uh, I, I always find it interesting, the kinds of, uh, kinds of challenges that people bring out kind of tell us a little bit about the person as well, but let's go a little deeper. So who, who are you and what are you about? So, uh, so are we talking from a business point of view or personally or any way you want to go? Okay. Um, so I would probably say I am um, a bit of a sort of a slightly kind of romantic adventurer. Um, I do like to kind of get out and do things and push myself um, as much as I can. I'm not sure how big my comfort zone is, but I do like to try and reach the edge of it sort of uh, where possible. And um, I've always loved the outdoors. You know, I've always, always sort of spent a lot of time um going out with my uh, with my family on weekends. We lived in the middle of a fairly sort of built-up city, so whenever the weekend came, it was just a great excuse to kind of get out, get outdoors, get stuck in. Um, and I'm a real kind of a real firm believer that the outdoors really kind of, kind of bo bo boiled me sort of back down and, and taught me that life is exactly about what you what you are put into it, you know? So if you put the effort in, you'll get the good experiences out of it. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that was the sort of the personal side. And then that led me on to... Um, Dad had an old Land Rover, and mm. we used to kind of go out and that. And even short journeys, you know, even a, even a like a trip round was a bit of an adventure, you know. You never know if you're going to get there uh, in a Land Rover, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, so that was part of it, and also the fact that the heater doesn't really work properly, you know. So you always sort of take coffee or something with you. Yeah. Um, and that that sort of kind of spurred me on, and I was sort of associated that with adventure as well. So. My love of cars and machines, it kind of went sort of hand in glove. And it sounds a bit strange to be a bit of a sort of a, 
I'm not a fan of the term petrol head, but to be into yeah. your car, to sort of love the environment and love the um, the sort of the world and nature around you. But they both sort of fitted quite well. So ultimately, I ended up kind of going into the uh, automotive industry and working in the classic car industry and being quite fortunate to sort of work with high mm. performance staff and things like that. And um, that's kind of led me really to sort of where I am now, to be honest with you. Yeah, so sort of living in the middle of uh, a bit of a kind of adventure no man's land and, um, yeah, working with Land Rivers. Oh, that's so wonderful. It, it's it's it, it's such an interesting thing. Like how I found you guys, uh, it was I started thinking about in the environmental impact of my beloved Discovery Two, and, and thought I wonder if anybody is electrifying Land Rovers and came across your company, Twisted Automotive. So could you tell us a little bit about Twisted and how you guys got into uh, not only a high performance Defenders, but then now you're doing the electric Defender too, which is just um, phenomenal yeah so twisted um as a company has been running for a very long time 20 odd years um and as with all kind of good things started from sort of fairly humble beginnings of just sort of uh looking at one aspect of defender so tuning engines and things like that and then we sort of began to evolve as um as our sort of the capacity and as our engineering kind of capability and knowledge and things like that grew and it's, it's this kind of joke I always make. Luckily, when Land Rover were building the Defender, they left us plenty of room for improvement, you know? <laughs> so, as, as we all know. But, you know, they, they're noisy, they leak water, they don't stop very well, they don't handle very well, they don't go very well. But at the same time, the thing you've got to remember about that is there's a real sort of uh, intrinsic character to it that we were very, very keen to keep as a brand. And we didn't want to engineer those things out so i've, I've got I've, I've gotten in trouble in the past for saying this but i'm going to say it now all right so if you're an animal lover and you've got a dog or you've got a cat or something like that and you've got a pet at home now your pet's not perfect okay so it's going to pee on the carpet occasionally it's going to chew your slippers you would never in a million years change your pet for anything because they've got character and they've got personality so what twisted is about is keeping that character and keeping that personality and keeping the sort of the soul that you love but just making it much easier to live with. And, and through the EV thing, it's almost kind of making it live forever in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it sounds a little bit sort of a bit kind of gooey, but that's what, <laughs> that, that, that's what we're about really with Land Rover. So sorry, I digress to get back to it. So yeah, so no, yes, right. we, 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 we strip Land Rovers right down and we rebuild them every single nut, bolt, and washer. And during that process, anything come across, which is not up to the standard to where we want it to be, we will then re-engineer it. Um, so tiny random example. So on a Defender, you've got a plastic door handle and it's okay, but it'll let you shut the door very well because it flexes. And as you press the button, again, it flexes. It feels pretty plasticky and you think, well, actually, do you know what? If this is going to work. So we took it away and we part and looked at it and approached various different sort of um, machining engineering companies. And now we've got it. So, and the beauty of that is, it feels a lot nicer in your hand when you shut the door, the door shuts first time and just going through and making those incremental changes that people might net might not necessarily notice um, as a whole goes towards really kind of changing our defenders and making them feel uh, a lot more sort of resolved really as a product. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that, 
I appreciate about good designers, good engineers, people who are system thinkers. They, they look at the whole and and look at, you know, really at, at its essence, what is the purpose of this piece of equipment, this object? And then everything within that object has to serve that purpose. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it and sounds like you guys do that. Well, this is the this is the ethos of, or also I would say used to be probably used to be probably the ethos of Land Rover with their with the adventure aspect, and I think we 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 spoke a while back about the Camel Trophy. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. that was absolutely fantastic. Can you can you imagine getting the sponsorship guys to sign that off nowadays? You know, you go right. For the three people out there who have never heard of the Camel Trophy, can you give us the uh, the Cliff Notes version of what the Camel Trophy is? Because it's it's pretty incredible. <laughs> it is. It's absolutely bonkers. So what they used to do is they would have uh, over a twelve month period, they'd have different sort of qualifying kind of adventure in different countries all over the world. They'd have a Camel Trophy event, and then what they would do at the end of that um year is the winners from that country would form part of a team to represent their country in sort of the camel trophy finale as it were so you'd have um you'd have teams from sort of um france germany belgium america canada uh, all over the world and you'd have four guys and they would each be given a land rover and they would be given the most impossible terrain to traverse. And <laughs> when I say impossible terrain, I mean, I remember watching uh, watching this on VHS. It shows how long ago it was. And these guys, they're sat there going, and they're completely exhausted, absolutely finished, soaked through to the skin in the jungle in Borneo. And they've gone, do you know what? We're really, we've had a great day today. We've uh, we've managed, we've, we've done 15 yards through the jungle today. So we're really pleased. We've made great progress. <laughs> so that gives a bit, a bit of a feel for what it was like. Yeah. And to top it all off, the best thing in the world, it was sponsored by a cigarette company. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. Yeah, I... I haven't been immersed in the Camel Trophy as much, but it just kind of on the fringes of it, just going, is that a Land Rover going through four feet of muddy water and excrement? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's and YouTube is a fantastic resource as well for that. Um, uh, if ever you've got like a few hours spare, yeah, definitely worth dipping in having a look. Yeah, I think I think this weekend my my son and I are having a bit of a guys weekend. We might we might watch some Land Rovers going through jungles and muddy water and things. Oh, absolutely. And 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 to to sort of go back to that, I mean, in the early eighties when Land Rover was doing that, they were issuing the teams with a Series Three Land Rover, so the predecessor to the Defender, and the only modifications was a long range fuel tank and a sump guard, and that was it. So it was a, yeah, it was amazing. It was like a, it was a gold-plated kind of marketing exercise for Land Rover because this is look, you, the consumers were never ever going to put the vehicles to that test, and if they were surviving that test, then that was it. It spoke for itself. It's, uh, I think, unfortunately, a lot of automotive manufacturers, not just Land Rover, get in have gotten into the trap of getting away from that. Like Subaru, I, you know. Uh, Disclaimer up front, I used to work for Subaru. I don't anymore. Um, same kind of idea. You know, the Colin McRae area, you know, era things when they were bat, you know, really leaders in oh, the world rally yeah. circuit, you know, you but they barely modified the STI uh, that they used on the rally stages to what you could buy on the street. And and now they're so far away from that, it's just sad. 
Subaru is still a great company. They make a great car, but you know, they've, they've lost some of that spirit, that thing that made a Subaru, a Subaru. There was, there were, you, you're dead right. There was so much to it. And I mean, I remember in the early nineties seeing Colin McRae in the, in the legacy RS doing the British open championship <laughs> in the, again, sponsored by Rothmans. I don't smoke by the way, but I do yeah. kind of like, I, I kind of respect people who do because they've obviously, you know, they've just thrown caution to the wind and that's yeah. that. But it was so, it was so evocative. And then again, this is sounding super bad, but the uh, Impreza. 555 British American tobacco there's a theme there but um <laughs> yeah as you say it was it was so um it was so evocative and it was so great and then, so if you go and you buy your impressor from a dealership it's saying something about you and it says it says i'm into sport I'm into, you know i like this i like that i like um i'm I, i'm into my engineering i understand what it's about and that's exactly what lamra were doing with the camel trophy but well, I mean, this is a contentious point. Would we still associate Land Rover or the modern the modern range of Land Rovers with adventure? I don't know. I think it depends. Um, you know, if you're and and I'll say this so that you don't have to, so that you don't get in trouble with Land Rover, because <laughs> nobody from Land Rover is going to call me if I say something bad about them. They might for you. Um, you know, the like the new Discovery, for example. You know, mm-hmm. it's capable. It it looks. You know, it looks like a discovery mostly. It's got some of those discovery-ish elements. But I see someone driving and I think, great, they're going to soccer practice or football practice for <laughs> the British people. And, you know, I know that it can climb hills and descend things and go through the jungle. And, and it's got all the, all the tech that enables you to go over any terrain you want. But 99.9% of people who buy a Discovery 5 aren't going to do that. Same thing with the Defender. Love the new Defender. It should have been badged to discovery, as the as our well, uh, Richard Hammond, I think, is the one that I'm stealing that from. And granted, I don't agree with Richard Hammond on a whole lot of things, but this is one thing I do agree with him on. The new Defender would have been a fantastic Discovery Five. That's, do you know, I'd, I'd be interested to kind of to to hear to hear what you think actually about that because. And this might be going sort of slightly off piece and a bit sort of uh, getting philosophical, but is the new defender representative of the modern man? Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, from the, from the, I, yeah, you know you're yeah. right. From the, from the adventure side of it, I mean, do we care more now about coupleers instead of locking hubs? Yeah, no, I think you've hit onto something that. Um, Actually, I was listening to John Eldridge on his podcast, the Wallet Heart podcast, talking about he just bought a new truck because he had to. His old Land Cruiser died like, or his old truck died. Like he, And he was lamenting on the fact that he couldn't get a truck without cooled seats. He's like, I don't want this option. I don't need someone to blow air up my butt. <laughs> yeah, put some shirts on yeah, like, or or the satnav infotainment thing. Like, I don't need that in my truck. I need a CD player from 1995. You know, <laughs> and and so I think you're right in terms of the the new Defender with, with all of its techno wizardry and and comfort options has kind of coddled us a bit and was reflective of you know, really what I'm trying to be a bit of an antidote for myself with this show, Mm because I'm as guilty as any other modern man, by the way, Um, (laughs) you know, of we get too focused on our own comfort rather than 
really what defines an adventure is the uncomfortable, the unknown. Like, will I make it to the shops if I drive my lander over there? I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> and that's part of the And that's part of the charm of my 2003 discovery it, that I loved dearly. And thank you to Matt from Blue Ridge Overland Gear for selling it to me. You know, I <laughs> never 100% know that I'm going to make it to my destination. And that is a feature <laughs> of my truck. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, and, and this, this, this comes back to what I was saying about the thing about, the def- about the, what we would now term the classic defender. Is it's got character, hasn't it? It's got personality. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's um, it's those imperfections, those flaws that endear it to us, but it still fulfills its main purpose. And mm-hmm. I think that's where you get from, you know, it is a great truck because it it uh, it attains its purpose with a bunch of flaws, rather than it's a crap truck with a bunch of flaws in it that doesn't attain a purpose, like some other things we could talk about that we won't badmouth anyone. Well, that's that's really true. I mean, the new the new gender, uh, I think it's got eighty four. ECUs inside of it. Um, you know what? When they're all working, that's great news. That's fantastic. You know, I'm in love with all 84 of those ECUs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, when my when my Series 2A Land Rover, apart from the driveway, when that stops working, uh, I've got a bag of smells in the passenger seat, and nine times out of ten, I can do it again. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. So, what what would you say is that kind of ethos that makes those classic land rovers adventurous like like what are those things you're like that's why i love that land rover i i think it's i think part i think part of it again comes back to what you were saying about adventure i think it's adversity to be honest with you um so i i in christmas on, on christmas eve i jumped in my land rover and i had a few places to go i had to drive to the local garage to get some more uh, butane gas for the house and then I had to go to the local farmer to go and get some beef for Christmas and I got in my Land Rover and I tossed off the windscreen um, I dried the seats with a cloth because it had been parked from dry when obviously it leaks and I jumped in it and I had to choke out for a little while and I mean it, it, people talk about you know racing drivers doing the heel and toe method and they you know, sort of mashing revs the only reason I've learned to heel and toe is to keep the engine running when the engine's still cold you know um, but, but I can slow down at a junction and it doesn't cut out at the same time and and I thought to myself I thought why, I thought, why am I driving this vehicle today and I thought well Christmas Eve, you know, it's kind of a special day. It's nice to go out and sort of do the rounds. It gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling. And I'm rattling along at 50 miles an hour. You know the re-entry scene in Apollo 13 where Tom Hanks is there and everything's vibrating, you know, like moisture and the instrument, and they're not sure whether they're going to make it or not. Um, that was me at 50 <laughs> miles an hour, going down a straight road. And... Um. And it's I imagine great. that's most of your trips in the in that series are, are like that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's about it's about three turns of the steering wheel just to keep it a straight line in either direction. <laughs> uh, but 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 for me, it's it's uh, yeah. Okay, I've got a modern car on the drive. I could I could jump in and do it in comfort again. Heated seats, heated steering wheel, all that jazz. But uh experience and the Land Rover never fails to give me an experience. And and I and I. I love it dearly. It's the reason I take my dog when I go out walking is because mm. I love the experience. I love I love seeing my dog interacting with the environment and 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 sort of seeing them enjoying it and yeah, it just in, in, it enhances it really. 
I wonder, and I'm going to get philosophical here as well. I wonder if this speaks to something about us as men is that we have a need for mastery over our environment and the Land Rover gives us endless opportunities to learn from failure and then master that vehicle. Like, oh yeah, I know when my engine gets a, you know, a temperature reading of 240 degrees that I've got an air bubble in my coolant and I know how to deal with that. I can bleed it out yeah. and I can fill it back up and it takes 10 minutes and I'm fine. No one else who drives that car will know that and they will melt my engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 de it demonstrates to you in real terms how capable you are as a human. Um, and, 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 the, and the aspect of the go anywhere aspect of a Land Rover, a, a, specifically a plastic defender. I thought long and hard about that. I thought, and you see, and particularly where we live, it probably snows like once every five years, but you can get a day. Okay. All the lanes are packed full of defender drivers driving around with saying, yeah, you know, I put diesel in this for five years every day and this is it, and, you know. Um, this is my time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But but the, I think the big thing about that is, again, as you say, it, it comes back to a sort of an, an inner masculinity. It's about being the caveman with the sharpest spit or the biggest axe, you know? Well, I'm on top of this situation. I'm in charge and nothing's going to stop me. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people will go, oh, well, it's, 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 that's a bit silly. You know, it's a bit childish. It's a, maybe you're making up for something. But... But I, yeah, I think it's a it's a real thing to be honest with you. Yeah, it and to to further validate that point, I've got a, a friend of mine who's a retired Navy SEAL, Eric Davis. Uh, hope you're listening to some of these. But Eric, oh, he was a uh, a sniper instructor for the SEALs, and he always says, "We are what we're prepared to do, either skills wise or gear wise. Like we are mm -hmm. as human beings." what we're a prepared to do at a moment's notice. And so he's got his truck ready to, to surf, to ski, to skydive, to, you know, repair yeah. things, to, to rescue someone off the side of the road. He's got all that ready to go in his truck at any, any point in time. So he is, he is a, you know, a, a first aid responder. He is a surfer. He is a mountain biker, you know, because he's prepared to do those things at a moment's notice. And so, you know, as a Land Rover driver, we are amateur mechanics. <laughs> like, yeah. Like if you're a, yeah. if you're a longtime Land Rover driver of, of anything built before 2005, you're a mechanic. <laughs> you have to be. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And if you, and if you're a Land Rover driver uh, for anything built after 2005, you're an IT support expert. Yeah, exactly. And there's, and, and that's, I think part of the, the good news is there is nothing wrong with that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But I, I, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point that that you you are what you're prepared for. Because the thing is, if you if you think to yourself, you think, oh, I don't have any capabilities, I'm not prepared for anything. All of a sudden, you're just a passenger in life. Yeah, and they're on moving around you, and you have no choice but to be at the behest of others and to go along with go along with the flow, basically, because you're not prepared to do anything else. So yeah, um, yeah, it's I, I I I hear what you're saying, absolutely. Um, I, I forgot to ask you this before we got started. Do, do you have kids? No, I don't. No, I've uh, I've got dogs. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so f I'll say this from a, I'll answer this from a different perspective. Then, like for the, for those of us who are dads or or moms who are listening, like how can we invite our our kids into this Land Rover prepared for adventure, ready to master our environment kind of 
thing through through these vehicles it's um it's uh, i think i i feel personally that it's really important that we do kind of continue to sort of pass on and pass this knowledge on um without sort of trying to sound too much like a kind of ancient craftsman um i, I do think that the, the the way i see it is a thousand years ago we were running around lopping people's heads off in terrible battles and things like that we're a thousand years further on now but actually a thousand years in evolutionary terms is the blink of an eye it's nothing at all so we've still got the same brains in our head but the world has changed so much around us and i think suppressing this is not me saying don't suppress the urge you know i mean don't go and lock people's heads off it's a super bad idea all right <laughs> but what i'm saying is there there will be urges and there will be things inside of you that want to kind of explore and want to adventure and go oh, do you know I, I see that mountain i want to conquer that mountain i want to do this stuff so to pass that on is really important and i think the beauty of a land rover is not only is it it's a very cool thing you know there's it's the, from a design point of view and all that but for me i the thing I loved about it when I was younger is it took me to those places where I could have adventures you know it would get me there and so as far as I was concerned whilst I was living in the middle of a city as soon as I stepped in the Land Rover that was it the adventure had begun um and uh that yeah that was a that was a really sort of important thing for me so I my my sort of love for them was quite deep-seated really and then and as you say you know they break down and I would see dad there with a bag of spanners and he'd be like, oh, give me a hand, you know, hold the bonnet up and pass me the wrench or pass me this or pass me that. And there's, um, yeah, there's a real, there's a real satisfaction in the small things, I think. Yeah. And, and the stories that are, that my kids are going to be able to tell is like, you know, my son, Alex, he's, he's seven. And a couple of months ago, you know, he, you know, helped a little bit, mostly watched me put a new front drive shaft in the Land Rover. Like, and he gets to go to school and say, hey, guess what I did this weekend? I helped my dad put in a drive shaft. Like, no other kid in his school ha- will be able to say that. And he gets to say, yeah, look at that. As a seven-year-old. Like, how cool is that? That is that is, that is absolute gold. And whilst, as you say, whilst it sounds like a big guy, it's kind of like, is it, is it a sort of a, it, it's, it's simple for you. But I mean, a lot of guys, most dads would be, oh, I'll take it into the shop. I'll take it into the shop and get the yeah. stuff. And he was there and he, he, he and his attention span was like, come on, dad, let's do this. Let's get stuck in. I think that's fantastic. And through growing up and probably spending most of my life growing up in the garage with my dad, building and tinkering and playing with cars, um, I can honestly say the happiest days and times of my life, really. And, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, certainly what you're doing there is, is, is mega. And, um, yeah, it'll just, it, just, it adds so much. It really does add so much. And I think what that also goes on to show as well is it goes on to show that we don't need to just throw things away and just get new things, you know, we yeah. can repair what we already have and we can maintain. And I think those are such, such important values to, uh, to, to, to have really and to nurture. That's a, a really important distinction there as well. That another one of our, uh, podcast guest, um, community members Joshua Spodek talks about a lot is is our responsibility to steward the environment uh, that we've been gifted with and and really taking into account like all of our decisions and how how they affect the world around us and our and our planet and 
you know, yes, we we do drive Land Rovers and go and crush logs and and splash mud all over the place, but uh, it sounds like for for you and I and those who kind of agree with this this ethos of you know true adventure as well as stewardship, we're always looking for ways to how how can we use what what we've got? How can we reuse what has already been produced, make it better, give it a longer life, so that we don't have as much of an impact? but still get to do a lot of the things that we want to do as modern people. Yeah. And, and there is a, there's, there is a real satisfaction as well to be derived about keeping those vehicles. Exactly. As I'm, I'm sure you would have felt this with your discovery, you know, when things go wrong, you repair it and, and, and you drive it and you have that sort of sense of pride about it. The fact that you've done it and you fixed it yourself. And not only that, you know, you're getting your son involved. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, for me, it's a really rewarding sort of win-win situation in any, in any way. I mean, I feel quite smug when I drive my 69 Land Rover because I just think, yeah. you know, I might as well keep this thing going. Yes, it's almost bankrupt to me, and I've got no skin on my knuckles. But <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 Yeah, I think I think both of those are, are indicators of a life well lived is, you know, you're, <laughs> it's, you know, not necessarily that you have to put your bank account into a Land Rover necessarily, but it's the the experiences that that has uh that, that that represents you know you're you're putting your resources into experiences not necessarily just things mm-hmm. yeah i completely agree completely speaking agree. of like do you do you have like a favorite story or a favorite place that you've you've taken your rover to or or someone else's oh wow um I'm just trying to think now. Um, well, this is this isn't actually a trip that I did, but it's a trip that my dad did. Um, so he drove uh, a Land Rover from a town called Bristol in the southwest of England, and he drove it down to um, Senegal in the Gambia in uh, in Holy yeah in, in northwestern Africa and. He, he he went over Christmas and uh, I was always kind of, I, I kind of, I was kind of annoyed at the time. I was like, God, I'm leaving over Christmas. Everything in the world is in Fernie on Christmas Day. And he's saying, oh, I'm in a place called um, uh, New Akshot in Northwestern Africa. And he says, it's basically like Bartertown from Mad Max. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he said, it's absolutely amazing. And I think the exhaust had fallen off. And he saw this guy and this guy was... This guy was in a shed made, his shed was made of spare parts from cars, okay? And <laughs> this African guy who, who who really had so little and dad kind of sort of got into him sort of being sort of slightly kind of broken, broken English, broken French as best he could. And um, this guy was happy, you know, he was happy, he was loving what he was doing, that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was absolutely superb. And he went down through, uh, yeah, New Akshot, um, uh, Dakar, the Gambia, and that sort of stuff. And then when when he got there, he, um, yeah, he auctioned uh, auctioned the Land Rover off uh, for a local charity, and uh, and flew back. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like he's this amazing sort of smug uh, philanthropist, <laughs> but actually, it would have cost more money to get the vehicle. Yeah, back. I was going to say, so, yeah. I I know the calculations that go into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But and yeah, he 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 loved it, and uh, like I said, apart from the exhaust falling off, it never missed a beat. And he showed me photographs of driving down the western coast of the Sahara, literally two wheels in the desert and the other two wheels in the surf. <sighs> Yeah, really, really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. I'm, 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 I'm sad I didn't get a chance to go with him, but there will be a time, I'm sure. 
Yeah. Well, uh, you know, marinate upon those kind of ideas. Uh, You know, I have this, call it a pipe dream, pie in the sky idea, but that would be so amazing should my son be interested in it as kind of a rite of passage into adulthood. Like when he's 18 and, you know, ready to go off to university, if he chooses to go to university, that is like we spent a couple of months driving from the Southern part of the United States in like California to Patagonia. We drive all the way through mm. Mexico, Central America, oh, wow. do, wow. do the, you know, ship it, you know, across the Darien Gap thing and, yeah. and end up in, in, in Ushuaia and then auction it off. Oh my goodness. That would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, that would be incredible. Because I think, didn't Land Rover, Land Rover did something with in, in, in a, across the Darien Gap. With the with the Range Rover Classic. Oh, did they? I have to look that up. I seem to remember. Um, but yeah, oh my god, yeah. That and that we, I mean, it's, it's that's the adventure of a lifetime, isn't it? Really. Yeah, and you know, I go back and forth of like, is that a selfish thing to do? And yet, you know, I'm going to be leaving my wife and my two daughters behind for a couple of months, and and I and I also have the intention to do something equally Im- impactful in the development of my daughters too. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this is adding up to like a year of my life of either being away <laughs> or doing something, which, granted, probably would be the most useful year of my you know fatherhood journey. But yeah. anyway, so those are the kind of ideas that keep me up at night. <laughs> I mean that that would be amazing, and and the beauty of the beauty of that as an adventure as a whole is that within that the mini adventures that would just by default automatically present themselves would be so rewarding, wouldn't they? Yeah, and 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 I think that's a good way to kind of bring us uh, around uh, to home plate again. Here is like what kind like if someone is like me, you know, listening to this, and you're like, yeah, I want to do that. Like over the next. 10 years, let's say, if you're, if you also have a seven-year-old like me, um, what would be some of the things that, you know, if you have this attention to do it with a Rover, would you, you need to set yourself up with what kinds of experiences would be kind of the lower hanging fruit to see, well, first of all, if they're going to be interested in this at all, but also mm-hmm. to kind of build your own skill set if you're starting from near zero. I mean, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of kind of uh, it sounds a bit it sounds a bit prescribed, but there are a lot of courses actually you can go on kind of off road. And I, I would probably say the best thing to do is maybe do a course to kind of learn some of the basics. But actually, on top of that, once you've got the basics, then just try and go out and kind of get the experience yourself. I think um, because you'll 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 figure out your own way to do stuff. And I'm I'm a, I'm a bit of a sort of <laughs> I'm not like an anti like being educated i don't have like a problem authority or anything but um <laughs> i do i do quite like kind of finding my own way and sort of discovering i'm making my own mistakes really because certainly you'll find when make your own mistakes you will um you will not make them again um but obviously <laughs> i would urge to try and do that within a fairly controlled environment so don't drive out into the middle and then realize that your mistake is not having any drinking water um yeah that would be a bad mistake you- yeah, you won't make too many of those mistakes. Um, but I would say, I would say, start with small things. Uh, get something, uh, get something reliable. Uh, don't go crazy as far as sort of uh, bolting all the accessories on. You know, don't sort of like. Uh, a good friend of mine, 
um, chap called David Robertson. He's got a charity called uh, Drive Against Malaria. And David lost his, uh, oh, God, I should know this. I can't remember if it's left or his right side. Anyway, an arm and a leg on one side of his body, basically. Wow. Uh, yeah, so uh, he was 18 years old. He lost that in a, in a motorcycle accident. And he like he i mean the guy's a trojan he's a real person you can you should definitely google him drive against malaria put it into the internet it's amazing what they do um he basically bought himself a range of a classic and he said basically i'm just going for a drive i'm gonna go for a bit of an adventure and he drove all the way from england to africa and back and <laughs> And he thought, oh, I quite like this. And he got back to his parents' house and was like, oh, God, I'm really sorry I left the dog with you. Anyway, he said the dog wouldn't speak to him. I guess leave his dog with his parents. Oh, and he, he eventually managed to kind of raise some money and he bought a few uh, defenders and he spent six months of the year fundraising and the other six months of the year he spends going to really kind of serious parts of Africa, like Cameroon, um, Congo, um, places like that. And he will, and he will hand out these, um, mosquito nets himself because he said the best way he said, if you mm. want to affect, do some good stuff, he said, make sure it gets the right person. That's it. So anyway, he does that, but I digress. Wow. He me, yeah. And I was saying to him, I said, I said, how do you prepare your land rovers for, for the stuff that you do? Cause I mean, you know, this, uh, the diesel that they're running off of, he said, it's, sometimes it's like 20% water. You know, it's really <laughs> hard in the middle of the bush, in the middle of the jungle to get a reliable, reliable tin of diesel. So he said, all we do, um, he said, we got a long range fuel tank. Um, and he said, I store as much stuff inside of the vehicle as possible. He said, you see these overland guys. He said, they've got the roof rack loaded up. <laughs> that sort of stuff. But he said, as soon as you put a defender on its side in the mud once, he said, you'll never do it again. Um, mm-hmm. and he, he keeps his he keeps his vehicles his sort of his overland his expedition vehicles as standard as he can. Um, mm. He knew what they were doing when they built the Defender. Um, so yeah, so I would I would say don't don't kind of don't break the bank, don't go mad. Um, you are going to ding it, you are going to dent it, but just yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe a few sensible sort of comfortable upgrades. But the nice yeah. thing is, you're not you're not going to attract too much attention from um, from ne'er do wells either. Uh, to validate that approach and and to you know encourage people that this is possible on a normal person's budget i bought my discovery 2 for $2600 and the only upgrades i've really done to it are some better tires and a rooftop tent and i'm about to put some new rear suspension on it because the air suspension is going out i'm going to swap over to coils and yeah. That's about all. I I might put some skid plates on it so that I don't put a hole through my oil pan. But other than that, <laughs> you know, yeah. don't yeah. need to do much. And it's you know, so you you know, for less than ten grand, you get a, a truck that can go to ninety percent of the Earth's surface. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's you, you're dead right. You're dead right. Less is more. As you say, tires are really important. Um, and yeah, it's important, but I understand obviously the necessity of swapping out the airbags for the coils on the, uh, on the disco. Um, yeah, I can, yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. And that was a personal choice. Like you, I, you could replace the airbags every few years and I just mm-hmm. went with, okay, what's one, one more thing that won't go wrong out in the middle of nowhere. Coil springs are much yeah. less, much less likely to go wrong than airbags. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh man. It's it's been so fun talking with you and and uh, just 
looking forward to the next time we get to connect. Hopefully we, we get to talk again some sometime soon. Um, where can people find more about Twisted and and a little bit what you guys have going on? If there's any anything you want to share with the audience in terms of how they can uh, get one of your fine you know, restored and re-engineered and improved defenders. Where where would they find you? So if you can uh if you want to go online, you can have a look at our website, which is uh www.twistedautomotive.com. Um or you can find us on Instagram and we're at twisted underscore North America. And you can see a, a, a few sort of uh, a few things we're doing on there. At the moment we've got a big focus really with a uh, the normally aspirated V8s that we're doing. But very soon, um, as we've been doing in the UK, we've got the fully electric defender uh, coming across the world, which we are super, super excited about because it's flipping brilliant. <laughs> I've been drooling over it every time I look at one. So Tracy, when you listen to this, no, I'm not going to mortgage the house again. Mom, I'm not mortgaging the house again. And we'll talk offline about how I'm going to mortgage the house again later. <laughs> no, but yeah, keep up the great work. It, it's, uh, it's, you know, giving me another vehicle to aspire to maybe, or hopefully a friend will buy one. And I'll get to drive it someday. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I, when, when, uh, when we've uh, when we've got our demo vehicle sorted, we'll give you a call. You have to come and have a drive. Let me know oh, what you think. That would be an absolute pleasure. So thank you so much, Ollie, for coming on today. And uh, take care and stay warm over there. Yeah, same to you too. And um, thank you very much for having me. It's been great fun. That's our show. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Anthem of the Adventurer. Hope you enjoyed it. If you're wanting to keep the adventure alive, check us out on Facebook. We have the Anthem of the Adventurer tribe and... Lots of amazing folks in there sharing all the adventurers that they're up to all the time. So go in and share yours, and we'd love to see what you're up to. If you want to go further and get some more adventure out of this life that we're living, check out theadventurechallenge.com. Those people are amazing, and you can get 10% off your first order with the promo code DAN10. So that's theadventurechallenge.com, promo code DAN10. Go out and live your adventure.